Thank you for listening to the Motion City Church Podcast. As we begin a new month here in November, we begin a new series titled The Art of Thankful. In week one of this series, we will be in conversation about remembering to be thankful when things are great thanks to Jesus. Let's listen in. But man, well, happy November, Motion City Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Everybody doing okay still? Everybody hanging in there? Yeah, you guys get enough coffee? Everybody get an extra hour of sleep? Did anybody appreciate the, uh, the extra hour? I was, I was up to watch 2 a.m. become 1 a.m. again. Um, just because I am so paranoid about this time of year that if, I feel like if I'm not awake to watch it happen, I'll miss it, and something will mess up. And so I was up to watch 2 a.m. become 1 a.m. And so, um, but man, I think it's so amazing and so incredible that we are almost at the end of the year 2016. I mean, where did this year go? It feels honestly like we just started, but yet here we are, at the end of November, at the beginning of November, and because we're in November, the month of Thanksgiving, by a show of hands, I just want to ask, how many of you would say Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday? I'm, I'm, I'm not raising my hand because it's my favorite. I'm, I'm raising my hand as an example of what I'm asking to you to do. So if Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday, just throw your hands up real quick. Man, my favorite holiday is, uh, is Halloween. I love Halloween. I'm a huge Halloween fan. And so I am thankful today that Halloween is closer today than it was yesterday. And I'm going to be thankful tomorrow that it's closer then than it is right now. And, um, and so this, this morning, uh, if, if Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday, I just wanted to give you a few uh, random Thanksgiving facts to kick off our, our, our series this, this, this month. And I uh, wanted to give you a few random Did you know that 5.1 million turkeys will be consumed this Thanksgiving. 5.1 million turkeys will be consumed, by the, uh, uh, consumed this Thanksgiving, mostly probably by this guy. Did you know that $2.8 billion will be spent on food this year? I should have put the same slide of Joey back up there because most of it will probably be consumed by that guy or the various pregnant women that we have around our church. So I, I know Kate and Jen, I'm not sure what your opinion is, but I'm just going to assume that you love it. And, and you guys, this is your, this is your holiday. Feed those babies because we want fat, like, we want fat, like, adorable, but you too. We want fat, adorable, pudgy babies coming to Motion City Church. Uh, did you know that four point 46.3 million people will travel this year on Thanksgiving, and they will travel an average of 549 miles round trip. Who is grateful that they don't have to go 549 miles round trip this year? And did you know that of those 46.3 million people traveling, an average of 549 miles round trip, 7.7 of them will travel by airplane? Do you want the mic back? Uh, that's my mom. That's why I get to say stuff like that to her. Um, of those 46.3 million people traveling, 89.1 of them will travel by car. Leaving 3.2% of people who are traveling to travel by train, hot air balloon, covered wagon, or human-sized slingshot. And I just want you to know that if any of these questions are the 10-cent-off questions at Caribou Coffee this month, you are welcome. 
But this morning, we are kicking off a four-part teaching series called The Art of Thankful, and I am so excited about this series as we look at a very simple yet very difficult approach and outlook to life. One of my, my favorite people in the world, one of my, my personal heroes, a guy named Bob Goff, he wrote a great book called Love Does. Bob Goff said, uh, is quoted as saying this, living the Christian life is simple, but it ain't easy. Living the Christian life is simple, but it ain't easy. And the same goes for living lives that are thankful. I mean, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but honestly, I'm always tempted to be more focused on what I don't have or uh, wish I had rather than being thankful for what I do have. And, and I don't know, maybe just you're better people than I am. But if I'm taking a shot in the dark, I'm thinking that I'm not alone in that fact. Because being thankful, honestly, guys, is more than something that we just get to focus on for a month. But it's a way of life. Being thankful is a way of I got two moms talking to me. I got mom, biological mom in the front, and then I got adopted mom in the back talking at me. So I'm like sandwiched between like woos and amens. It's just, I mean, if you're going to be in a sandwich, you might as well be a sandwich between woos and amens. It's a great sandwich. But, um, but being thankful is more, guys, is more than something that we, can, we should just focus on for a month, but it's a way that we should be living. And so this morning, if you have a Bible or if you have a smartphone or a tablet or however you uh, connect with the Word of God, if you have a Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to be starting in verse 18. And as you're turning there, I want to give you some quick, because it's me, semi-quick, quickish, um, overview of what's happening to give us a greater context for the words that we're, that we're going to be engaging with and reading. Now the book of 1 Thessalonians uh, is a counterpart to its, its, its sister book, 2 Thessalonians, and it's written by the Apostle Paul, to a young church in a, in a region called Thessalonica. And this young church, this is, this is one of Paul's probably first uh, church plants that he establishes and raises up leaders and releases them to, to live out the great commission and the great calling. And what's happening right now is the church in Thessalonica, they're facing extreme persecution. They are being persecuted for their faith in Christ. They're being persecuted because they are going against a system that basically for however long people have just kind of sat in and said this is the way things are and all of a sudden Jesus comes on the scene and says things can be different your life can be better not because of what you're doing but because of what I'm about to do and so people began to live life in response to the grace of Jesus and so because this church in Thessalonica was living out their lives in the great commission and the great commandment, loving people and serving people and going against uh, really what the, the established religion of the law was, they began to face persecution. And, and because this is determined to be one of Paul's earlier letters, this letter is, an, is a letter of encouragement to this young church and to these new Christians. And the letter simply exists to encourage them to keep going even in the midst of difficulty. If I could put it in, in layman's terms, the thesis or big idea of 1 Thessalonians is, it would be, here's the deal, church, hang tough because Jesus is coming back. Hang tough because Jesus is coming back. That no matter what we face, 
If we have a relationship with God through Christ, we can endure because our hope is not established in what's happening. But our hope is rooted in something that's already been done. When Jesus took our shame and took our sin on the cross with him, therefore becoming our shame and our sin and dying and then being buried in a common man's grave and then by the power of the Holy Spirit being raised back to life three days later, ultimately defeating death and giving us direct access to God, we can look as people with anticipation to Jesus' second coming and we can hang tough because our goal is not this world, but our goal is Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that gets me excited because as I look at the world, it's not going to be any easier to be someone who says unashamedly, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not committed to a religion. I'm committed to Jesus because if we're committed to religion, we're committed to parameters. But when we're committed to Jesus, we follow his commandment to go and die. This world is not about us. This existence is not about us. But this existence and what we live for and what we die for, may it be rooted and anchored in the person and work of Jesus. But man, I don't know about you, but that just gets me excited. So if you have, if you, if you, and that's been a long time, so hopefully you found First Thessalonians. If not, um, just raise your hand and we can give you a little bit more time. Um, everybody there? Fantastic. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 18. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And this is what Paul says. He says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is, is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I want to read that again. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now notice, Paul's not writing, Be thankful for every circumstance. I remember when I used to read this passage of Scripture, I used to think it was that I should be thankful for every circumstance. But how many of us know there are just certain circumstances in life that suck? They're painful. They're not fun. And, and I, I appreciate the fact that Paul's not saying be thankful for every circumstance, but for every circumstance you're in, be thankful in those circumstances. I can remember uh, year, a few years back walking through a very difficult and painful season with some friends of ours um, who lost a baby in the process of childbirth. Now, in no way am I thankful for that circumstance. It was a horrible circumstance. Getting that phone call saying, we need you at the hospital now. I, thought, I, I, I honestly thought the person calling me was playing some, some awful joke. And just because I believe that I should be vulnerable, I, I, I said some things over the phone that weren't the greatest. Some colorful words. Because I was so upset at the fact that this person would joke about this because there's no way in my head that, I, that it could, I could connect with the fact that this was truth. And on the other end of the line, it goes, I know, I know this seems weird, but I'm not joking. You need to get to the hospital now. So I abandoned my wife, who was pregnant at the time. No, you weren't pregnant? Just feels like 
that was a time when you were pregnant. You weren't? Are you sure? For the sake of this story, Jen was pregnant. No. <laughs> oh, but you're, you're so pretty. So thanks for letting me totally botch timeline. Um, but I remember just jumping into our, our car. I drove a stick shift, and I'm not really great at that. Um, but I, I took off from Minneapolis to St. Paul and got to the hospital to walk into just a, a hell on earth. And it was a painful experience to walk through, especially, and, and this has nothing to do with me, but I was about to preach my first sermon at a church that I was on staff at the next day. And it was so difficult to get up and speak words about a God that honestly in that moment I didn't believe were true. I was supposed to talk about how God is faithful, and I wasn't feeling it at that time. I was supposed to ha talk about how God is we can overcome in Christ, and I didn't feel like I was overcoming in that moment, and, and, the, and, and the truth that I learned through that circumstance is that my circumstances don't determine my truth. God determines my truth. And because he determines my truth, we can walk through circumstances and situations that are painful, and, and over the course of, I mean, even that evening, over the course of days and months and sometimes even years, I watched a couple who, in all respects of what they were going through, should have allowed their world to just crumble in on top of them. But instead, they decided to anchor themselves in the truth of God rather than anchor themselves in the pain and difficulty of the circumstance they were facing. It was amazing watching this couple choose to be thankful, not for their circumstance, but in their circumstance. Now, every day wasn't a party by any means. There were a lot of tears shed. There was a lot of time spent on office floors, weeping and crying. There was a lot of time spent in others' houses just in, sitting in silence. There, it was not a party by any means, but I remember one day specifically I stopped by their house just to, to check in and ask a, uh, a very redundant question that I felt was just so stupid at the time, but it was the only thing that I could get out. And, and the question was this, how, how are you doing? And the mom looked at me and responded this way. She said, I'm thankful. I'm thankful God gave me the strength to get out of bed this morning. I'm thankful that he's got a plan for this pain. But most of all, I'm so thankful for the fact that he still loves me. And at that moment, I got to see the embodiment of being thankful. Again, not for a circumstance, but in the circumstance. The next week, we're going to spend some time diving into some practical tips and ideas from God's Word to be thankful when things are going bad. We're going to spend time talking about when things go bad, how do we remain thankful? But for the time that we have left this morning, I want to encourage us to remain thankful when things are going great. And so if you're taking notes this morning, I want to give you the first, the first point that when things are going great, uh, number one, being thankful, living a life of, uh, that is thankful is good for your health. It's good for your health. Now, before you, you add this conversation or you toss it 
away in the, in the stack of self-help talks. I, I do believe that God expects us to take care of the human bodies that he has gifted us with for a time. We are entrusted to care for our earthly bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 19, reminds us, uh, it says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. As I was thinking about uh, what it looks like being thankful and the effects that it has in your life, I just, I, dive, I dove into just some, some uh, medical journals and, and psychological journals, and, and I found some amazing articles that Time Magazine had published, and I dove into the, uh, to, to, to the Harvard uh, Review of, of Health and Psychology, and they kept asking, are you smart enough to read this publication? And so I said no, so they made it into pictures for me. It was very helpful. It was very easy. But Time Magazine published an article uh, that stated that when we live lives and function in this art of thankful, medical and psychological studies have shown that our heart becomes healthier. The way that blood flows in between our, our, the aortic valves in our heart, the way that our heart functions, it actually functions better when we are living lives that are thankful. The, the truth is when we are thankful, we get more restful sleep. And how many of you know, man, I could go for a restful night's sleep. Maybe if you need a restful night's sleep, maybe it's time to just be thankful. It can lower your blood pressure. It can help boost your immune system. You're more likely to exercise as well as, well as have a more optimistic view on life. And this is my favorite. It helps you make friends. Because how many of us know we enjoy being around people who are enjoyable to be around? And the easiest way to enjoy being around a person is, is if, if you're around them and they're just thankful that you're there. It's a little ego boost for you. It's like, oh, they're, they're, I'm, I'm adding to this circle right now. Like, I am adding to this experience. This is fantastic. Yes, continue to be thankful for me. But the, but the thing about it is it's not supposed to just allow us to absorb for our ego, but it's supposed to inspire us to do the same. And this morning, uh, I want to give you just a few ways that you can cultivate thankfulness on a regular basis. These aren't in your notes, but these are great things to do. Um, uh, write a thank you note. I mean, today, write someone a thank you note. If you don't know how to write a thank you note, talk to Nancy, because she is the queen of thank you notes. For anything, she will write a thank you note. Maybe you've been the recipient of a very random thank you note from Nancy, but doesn't it just feel good? To get a note, not an email. Like someone put a stamp on an envelope and put pen to paper and wrote me a note. Like write a thank you note today. Keep a thankful journal. There are so many things in life that happen day to day that, that should cause us to be thankful. And sometimes we need to remember what those things are. So just keep a thankful journal of just the things that happen throughout the day that you're thankful for. Or as things just pop into your head, just write them down. Today I'm thankful for this. Count your blessings. I, I, I tell my kids to do this all the time, and I, I feel like my kids should tell me to do this sometimes when I'm just a pain. But to literally sit down, go back into your journal, and literally count one, two, three, four, five, 1,742, 1,743, the things in your life that bless you. And then uh, point number four is this, just pray. Man, communicating with God 
the fact that we can communicate with God is a reason to be thankful. So living a life that is thankful, if it's good for your health. Point number two is this, if you're taking notes. Remember that God is your source. Remember that God is your source. Isn't it interesting about how when things are going well in life, our tendency is to credit ourselves. Man, that is my, I talked about it in my, in my, in my discussion group this morning with the questions, but man, I am so notorious for thinking that I am the reason things in my life are going well. I have a tendency so often to credit myself, and when I begin to believe that I am the source of whatever blessings are in my life, and whatever blessings are in your life, the moment I begin to conclude that I am the source of my own blessing, my own thankfulness begins to diminish. My thankfulness, my, my, my thankful tank begins to get empty because I'm, I'm, I'm using that energy in the wrong direction. But I love what James chapter 1 verse 17 tells us. It says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a, a shifting shadow. Ultimately, that line just means that God is the same. He will always be the same. When things move awkwardly in the light of light, they cast a shadow, but God doesn't because he is constant. God is the giver of every gift in this life. Why? Because he's a good God. We have to remember and fight the temptation to not make ourselves the heroes of our own stories, but remember that God is our source. Many times throughout the Old Testament, you'll see the people of God, and I'm going to get into this in much greater detail next week, but you would see them continuously in their, usually it's in their journeys of isolation and exile, they would begin to build altars. There'd be moments where all of a sudden they would stop, something would happen, and they would construct this, this altar. Sometimes it was simply just a pile of rocks, but what these altars were, were they were altars of remembrance so that they would remember something significant that God did. Now, why would you need to build an altar of remembrance when it's something that God did? Like, I think about the things that God has done. Specifically, I'm just going to go through the Old Testament. It, uh, one, he creates the universe with words. I can't create anything with words. I can't get my six-year-old to move faster with words, so I can't create anything with words. I think about um, the, I think about the, the Mos, uh, Moses leading the people of Israel, and they come to the Red Sea, and Moses stretches out his hands, and God separates waters, this ocean, and he begins to say, and, and then the people of Israel can walk on dry land. I think of the same story with Moses. I remember a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke during the day to keep them hid. I'm, I'm thinking through all of the, I'm thinking of uh, when the prophets of Baal were worshiping their God, and, and then all of a sudden the, the, the prophet Elijah just comes, and he just like smotes this altar that's been wet with water, and God just shows up in these incredible ways. Why on earth would we need to build altars of God to remember amazing things that God has done? See, the problem isn't with God. The problem's with you, and the problem's with me, because I am so quick to forget. Because as limited human beings, our capacity of remembrance is very small. 
forgetting the things that God has done in our lives, forgetting that God is our true source of life and blessing. Therefore, because God is our source, our true reason to be thankful is in God, leading us to point number three is this. Because of Jesus, we can be thankful. Because of Jesus, we can be thankful. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 17, we find that while Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, he encounters ten men who are suffering from the, the, the sickness of leprosy. Now, these men, understanding that their condition was ultimately their death sentence, the ten men saw Jesus coming from a distance, and they began to cry out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And as Jesus hears the cries, he instructs them to go and show themselves to the priests, and in so doing, the Bible says that they were cleansed of their leprosy. Then picking up in verse 15, it says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. The man was a Samaritan. The significance about that is Jesus is Jewish and the Jewish people and the Samaritans did not have a great relationship. They were enemies. And so, one, the fact that Jesus heals the Samaritan is an amazing feat within itself. And then more amazing is that the Samaritan comes back to the Jewish man who just healed him to give him thanks. I think this is, this isn't in my notes, so this is free, but I think this is a very cool representation of the fact that, that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're involved in, no matter what you are planning on doing because you think this God stuff is garbage, um, God takes you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. God has a plan for you no matter what. Pick him in verse 17. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, for your faith has healed you. The NIV translation of this last statement, it says it this way. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. When I did some, some research, my wife is reading an incredible book right now that will ultimately lead into our Christmas series, and uh, it's a book called 1,000 One, Gifts, babe. 1,000 Gifts. And as I was studying for this portion of the scripture, she goes, oh, you should totally just read this chapter and, of this book. And so I read it, and, and it's amazing, but when we look at this, this NIV translation, this, this word well, or when we look at the NLT, this word healed, the word well or healed in the Greek is this word called sozo, S-O-Z-O, which literally means to save or salvation. And so when the man comes back, he ultimately experiences this, this sozo. Jesus came to this world to live a life he didn't have to live, to die a death he didn't deserve, was buried in a commoner's tomb, and then by the power of the Holy Spirit was raised on the third day to give us sozo. And so when we look at the story, when did the leper receive this sozo? When did the, the leper receive this, this saving or salvation? He receives salvation when he returns to Jesus thankful. 
You see, thanksgiving is inheritance to a true salvation experience. No one has their eternities altered and is not thankful for in the process. Because I don't know about you, but I remember who I was. And I remember what I did. And I ultimately remember where I was going. And then Jesus met me at my worst and put me on a pedestal of his best. And there is no way in hell or on earth that I could respond simply with, well, that's, that's cool. It's like, what? I'm not who I was anymore. I'm not even close. The Bible says that when we receive Christ, God separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. And I think I so love about that, that wording, that description, is there is no way you could go east enough to begin to go west, which means that Jesus removes your sin and you will never catch up to it. That is a reason to have thanksgiving in our life because Jesus has given us sozo. He has given us salvation. Being thankful and giving God thanksgiving in everything is what prepares the way for salvation's total restoration in our lives. And so in seasons of life where things are great, please do not fall into the habit or temptation of thinking that it's because of you. But remember that it's because of Jesus that we have and can have sozo salvation, right standing with God. And we can be thankful because he has made salvation available. Amen? So if you guys want to stand this morning, I'm going to invite the worship team forward. So this morning, is, is if I could, could conclude um, just with a simple statement what the big idea for this morning is, it would be this. Our big idea for this morning is I will remember to be thankful when things are great. I will remember. I know I had a hard time over there too. I had, it's okay, you look great. Uh, I will remember to be thankful when things are great. So this morning, as, as, as we conclude, I think the most fitting thing to do would be to take time and remember. And sometimes the greatest ways that I can remember is when I spend time in worship of God. Chelsea, could you do me a favor? Could you bring me up one of those jars? I forgot to grab one. And so this morning, we want to help you. I know you guys didn't just come to hear me talk. Why would anybody come to hear me talk? But what, but what we want to do is we want to give you something to help you in this process of remembering. And as we're in the spirit of Thanksgiving, as we are in the month of November, on your way out, we want to give you just this little jar. Now, we're gonna ha we have a jar available for every family unit college students, maybe just one of you grab one jar for your dorm room. Um, if you're single, man, grab one for your apartment. Um, whatever you got to do, but we, we have a limited amount of these, so if we run out, we will make more for next week. But what these are, are these just say the art of thankful, and what do we want you to do is it's this little card that says, every morning leading up to Thanksgiving Day, write down one thing that you're thankful for and put it in the jar. On Thanksgiving Day, empty the jar out on your table and discuss what you're thankful for and why. And most importantly, have fun with this. This morning, you want to know what I'm thankful for? Coffee. Coffee. I worshipped at the altar of the Holy Bean this morning because 
it doesn't matter if my kids get an extra hour of sleep. They're like, why would we waste that extra hour sleeping? We could be awake bugging mom and dad. <laughs> uh, my, Taylor has had, the, has had Thursday and Friday off of school this last week, and so I almost sent her to school Saturday because her weekend was done, and, and, but we had to keep her. And, and, and so it's just been just a busy, busy weekend. It's been a wonderful weekend. It's been so nice, and we've been outside, and, and it's just been such a wonderful weekend. But then Sunday morning comes, and it's just like my heart has to get kick-started into what we're doing because isn't it like the devil to give you the worst mornings on Sunday? He's going to try and do whatever he can to keep you from engaging with God and connecting in community. And so what I did is I asked God for a little help, and then he reminded me that there was coffee in the world. And so I ran to the angry catfish. I got some coffee for my wife and I. I worshiped at the bean. I ran back, came to church, worshiped with you guys, got the opportunity to tell you about Jesus. And I am thankful this morning that all of that was provided by the power of coffee. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I'm thankful for coffee. And so this morning I wrote down coffee. I'm going to put it in the jar. And so we want to encourage you to grab a jar on your way out and begin to practice the art of thankful. Now, I know that there's a lot of us here this morning. There's a lot of circumstances and experiences and backgrounds and all these different things. But, man, you don't have to believe in Jesus to be thankful. You don't have to belong to this church to be thankful. We can simply be thankful because we can breathe. That super long explanation that Kid President gave, man, we can breathe because of something and something involving plants. I didn't follow the whole thing. Watched that video like 10 times, still couldn't figure out what he was saying. I think it had something to do with oxygen and plants and whatever. But we can breathe, and I'm thankful for the fact that we can breathe. That our bodies are built to inhale and exhale continuously without thinking so that we could experience a beautiful fall day like today. That we could experience family. That we could experience friendship and community. And so one of the things, because we're all living elsewhere and we're all not with each other 24-7, is what I want to encourage you to do is to feel free to document your journey of thankfulness. Take a picture. uh, And and we would love for you to, if you're on Instagram, you can post it to Instagram. If you're on Twitter, you can post it to Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But we would just invite you to use the hashtag, and we have it written out. Uh, Teresa, go to that next slide. We want to use the hashtag uh, MCC underscore thankful. It's okay. I'm thankful for you back there. MCC underscore thankful. And if there are days where you're finding it a little more difficult to be thankful, man, click on the hashtag. Help us help you. Let us help each other. Sometimes when it's difficult, we just need to come around each other whether it's through social media or whether it's in person. But man, use the hashtag MCCThankful and throughout the month we can check out what you're thankful for and in return it would help us be thankful. So Heavenly Father, I am so grateful. God, I am thankful for the fact that you love me so well. God, I am so thankful for the fact that you saw purpose in me when my life seemed purposeless. 
Jesus, I am thankful for the fact that you gave me hope in the midst of my most hopeless, and you gave me a future that goes beyond this world but stretches into eternity that I can look forward to seeing you someday so that at the end of my life, this isn't an ending, but it's ultimately the greatest beginning. Father, I ask that you would help us in these moments and in this month to remember that we are so much more thankful when we have you in our lives because, Jesus, you give us the ultimate reason to be thankful. And I don't know where you're at this morning with God. I don't know where you are when it comes to a relationship with Jesus, but uh, I just invite you, to, with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I just want to give you a very simple invitation, and if, if you're not a follower of Jesus, and, and you find yourself living life with this limited view, this limited outlook when it comes to being, what, am, what do I really have to be thankful for, man? The simplest reason that I found to be thankful is that Jesus has saved me. He saved me from who I am. He saved me from who I was. He has purposed me. And this Bible says that he has set my feet upon a rock. And that rock is God. And that rock doesn't move. So I can walk into every circumstance. Not thankful for it. But because of Jesus, I can be thankful in it. And so I just want to just give you a very simple invitation. If you're saying, yeah, I'm not a follower of Jesus. But this morning, I want to just, I want, I'm choosing to accept that Jesus lived and ultimately died for me so that my relationship with God could be restored today. I don't want to become uh, simply a religious person. I want to be a follower of Jesus. If that's you with head bowed and eyes closed, if you just raise your hand, I just want to have the opportunity to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to call you out. But if that's you and you say, yeah, I want to, I want to make the decision today. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. I'm going to follow him with everything that I have inside of me. Father, I, I ask once again, God, that you would continue to draw us closer to you. God, we have every reason to be thankful for what you've given us. So God, as we take these next few moments to remember and worship, God, may our thankfulness just continue to grow. May we be people marked with thankfulness. May we be people who exhibit the art of thankful. Yes, for our own health and for our own good, but that ultimately, in everything we do, so that it would be to make the name of Jesus famous. We love you, Lord. And in your name we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Motion City Church podcast. We want to be able to walk with you and beside you as you go throughout life. So if you ever have a need for prayer, we want to be able to pray with you. Please email us at motioncityprayer at gmail.com. We would also love to have you join us in person next week. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Falwell School of Performing Arts. We hope you have a fantastic week.